You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. Live from Wasika, Minnesota, the land of the fertile soil in the land of the many waters. Uh, Good morning. We are going to focus our next interview on uh, a few different things. Uh, Father Andrew Vogel, a uh, priest from here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, is joining us this morning. Uh, Father Andrew, thanks for joining us. You are so welcome. It's a great blessing to be here. Uh, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about um, your uh, who you are? Uh, you're the chaplain at uh, Minnesota State Mankato. You're also now the newly named chaplain uh, for uh, Courage here in the diocese. Uh, could you fill in a little of the details there that I haven't shared? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I've been the chaplain at the St. Thomas One Newman Center at Minnesota State uh, in Mankato, Minnesota for just over four years now. Um, I also have three small parishes south of Mankato um, that are most of the past of, and yes, like about a month or two, uh, the bishop asked me to uh, head up Courage uh, in our diocese, which is an outreach to um, same-sex attracted people. Um, I had heard about Courage maybe about 10 years ago, but I really hadn't done anything with it, but just knew that it existed. All right, so uh, Bishop clearly thinks that you're... uh you're getting bored. You need more more work to do, right? He <laughs> <laughs> probably um, thinks I play too much golf. It's probably oh, like it. So there you go. There you go. So uh, for our listeners who who um, who might not know too much about courage, you mentioned it's a it's a ministry for same sex attracted uh, people um, in, yeah. in the church. Uh, how did you? How did they pick you uh, to be the chaplain of that effort here in the diocese? How did that? I'm not sure if it was they drew uh, lots or straws or, <laughs> or what, um, but uh, I think uh, when seriously though, but like when I talked to the bishop, he I think he envisions um, a chapter right here at Minnesota State. Uh, mm. He was just thinking that I think a public university of the size of Minnesota State that there might be you know a fair number of people. Um, that uh, would be same-sex attracted, but also would uh, desire to live out um, the chastity, live out the teachings of the church. And so um, I think that was his main focus, but also then for me to uh, kind of have that broad overlook for the diocese as well. So that would probably mean a chapter in Rochester and uh, possibly at Winona State as well in Mm. Winona. Good, good. Um, I also noticed them mention uh, Encourage uh, on the announcement. What's Encourage? So Encourage itself is kind of built on the same principles as AA, as Alcoholics Anonymous. And just, you know, um, know, trying to hand over our life over to Christ. Um, And so just as... Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous also has Al-Anon, which is, you know, an outreach or a ministry for 
uh, family members of people who struggle with alcohol, you know, addiction. Um, in the same way, encourage is for family members, um, loved ones who um, who struggle with things of attraction. Um, mm. And you know, I could be wrong. Like I said, I've only been appointed for a month, um, and. Uh, I think in some ways, encouraged might even be the larger ministry, at least in our diocese, just based on, you know, uh, my past uh, pastoral care in the past couple of years. You know, there might actually be an even larger ministry for encourage. Uh, just, you know, um, just where our world is today, there's a lot of, you know, parents or even grandparents that, you know, don't quite understand or, you know, um, what their child or grandchild is going through. And so I think maybe in some ways, when all is said and done, encourage might be the larger ministry. Mm. So it's to, to kind of help build that understanding, right? Uh, that this uh, is, a, is a certain uh, cross, right? Uh, and that uh, yeah. someone in their family might have to bear and that it's not an embarrassment or, or something like that, right? That it's... Uh, yeah, we're we're still still called to love each other, right? As Christians, uh, so um, it's uh, to to help build that build that support, encourage, right? Like the name says, encourage people yeah. to really help help encourage those yeah. uh, people with same sex attraction who are who are trying to live chaste lives, right? Yeah, and just you know, you know, maybe backing up a little bit, just um. I mean, I remember when I was in college, uh, I was a peer minister at Iowa State, and, you know, it's the late 90s, uh, so I'm getting old now. Um, <laughs> but, like, we we thought about, like, you know, how, because even then, it was starting to crop up a little bit, and we are just like, how do we reach out uh, to those people? And, like, we ended up not doing it, because we didn't know how to... Mm reach out without encouraging a kind of the 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 things that's attracted lifestyle right. but also you know how to you know make sure that they follow the teaching the church's teachings because we really do believe that that is the most loving thing to do is that you know marriage um in you know sexual union is reserved for the man and woman and you know so much of our world places so much on pleasure Whereas mm-hmm. we, and uh, that kind of defines the relationship. But as a, as a Catholic church, we've always understood that the first and primary um, goal of the sexual union is actually the raising up of children. Um, and so obviously that's not possible in the sense that, you know, attracted union is. Uh, and so um, how do we... You know, encourage these people to live a chaste life, to live a life that really um, is what's best for them and most loving. Um, and so uh, if we are able to do that, then we're able to, uh, to encourage them to go on the right path. The path is not just holy and right, but we truly believe is best for them. To, to save them a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so there are still a lot of, you know, um, yeah, misunderstandings and still mm-hmm. maybe even, um, 
uh, I can't think of the right word. The only word that's coming to mind is bigotry towards people who are same-sex attracted. As right. far as our society is gone, maybe some ways too far the other way, there's still a lot of, you know, um, uh, yeah, people who, um, you know, disparage people who are same-sex attracted. You know, uh, they're still not treated the best. And obviously that's not what we're called to do as Christians. We're called to uphold the dignity of every person. Every human person, no matter you know who they're attracted to, um, right? So we do. We need to start with uh, you know human anthropology and uphold the dignity of each and every person. And um, encourage allows us to um, to give parents and grandparents a way to to uphold and to love their children, even if they are same sex attracted, and maybe not to push them away. Is maybe you know, um, maybe some other older generations would have. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. It's it's kind of a, a, a balancing act, right, between the two, and mm-hmm. encouraging chastity, yeah. but at the same time encouraging love and support, right? Um, because yeah. Yeah. Ch- chastity is something we're all called to as Christians, as Catholics, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. It's just lived out mm-hmm. in a very particular way by those uh who uh who are have same-sex attraction yeah yeah so yeah we're all called to uh to love um and to in the way that our vocation is and you know married couples are allowed to uh to live out chastity slightly different than the rest of us um but you know if we're not in a covenant marriage, then, yeah, we're called to live chastity um, in a very, in, um, in a very, you know, way that allows us maybe to give um, more focus on our relationship with God and maybe to give more of ourselves to maybe people who have to take time for a spouse or um, or children. That. Do you, do you feel that your um, you know promise of celibacy helps you uh, to to minister to relate a little better uh, to people who are you know trying to live out that lifestyle as well? Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, as a celibate priest, you know, yeah, sweetie, food, water, right, uh, sleep to survive. Um, yeah. but it's not like if you don't have sex, you die. Like, I mean, I, right. sometimes I feel like that's what the world you know, yeah. presents is that if you don't have sex, you're going to die. Right. Um, and you know, and as a celibate, you know, we can say like, you know, this life isn't miserable. Like celibacy isn't miserable. Like there's a great joy in being able to, um, to give of ourselves. Cause that's, you know, um, that's, uh, what, um, especially Pope John Paul in the Theology of Body really encourages that true love is a, a giving of ourselves, that we are most fully human when we give of ourselves. And so um, being a celibate, you're able to give yourself in a, in a more special way, in a certain way to those around you that maybe you wouldn't be able to if you're in a, uh, a significant relationship. 
Well, great. And we'll we'll talk more a uh, little bit more about the nitty-gritty details, well not too nitty-gritty, but <laughs> a little bit more about uh, courage and encourage after we come back from our break. Thanks for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. If you are experiencing depression, anxiety, or suffering, especially from grieving, how can you find healing? I'm Father Chris Alar. While you should first seek professional help when needed, there is a roadmap that can help you to live your life again, and it is called the Spiritual Principles of Divine Mercy. First, come to admit that you are powerless over the loss of your loved one. Second, come to trust that Jesus can restore your life to manageability. And third, make the decision to entrust your will, your life, and your loved one to the loving care and protection of God. Join us and learn more about how to apply these healing principles in your life. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it on Monday at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference will help you learn how to take faith principles and integrate them into the workplace. This year's featured speaker is Super Bowl champion and former Minnesota Viking, Matt Burke. Join us on Thursday, August 19th at the Convention Center in Sioux Falls. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to faithandbusinessconference.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Nick Medelsky this morning joining you from wonderful Wasika, Minnesota. And on the phone we have Father Andrew Vogel. And as we sort of talked about at the start of the interview, Father Andrew wears many hats. He's a pastor. He's the newly named chaplain for Courage and Encourage here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And he's also the chaplain at the Newman Center at Minnesota State Mankato. Um, And for those of our listeners who aren't familiar, how big is Minnesota State Mankato, and how how big is that ministry there at the Newman Center? So, uh, Minnesota State is about 14,000 undergrad students. Um, We, before COVID, uh, before the craziness of the last year and a half, Mm -hmm. we probably had about 600 students come through our doors every week. Um, We had, you know, over 250 students in Bible studies. Uh, in fact, uh, this past year, um, over half of our students in Bible studies are actually not Catholic. 
uh, wow. people of other denominations. And so uh, I, part of my excuse that I give is because we're the only uh, Christian organization left standing, um, you know, during <laughs> COVID. Um, yeah. And so, but there is, there's just such a great hunger um, among our young people uh, for for the truth, for something solid, like, you know, in this era of relativism, you know, where anything that goes, you know, is up for grabs, you know, there really does seem to be a new level of seeking of truth and something solid um, to, to place the, um, the trust, the knowledge, uh, the worldview in it. Hmm. So, how long have you been involved there as the chaplain, and how have you seen that? Kind of... I've been the chaplain for just over four years. And how have you seen things kind of grow and blossom and change uh, since that time you've been there? Yeah, we um, we started maybe when I started, maybe you know, maybe two hundred kids, and uh, or even less than that, and. Um, and Bible studies, you know, our mass attendance has gone up. Um, you know, COVID kind of did, uh, you know, kind of put a break on some of the growth that we had seen. But, mm. you know, before COVID, we had projected um, our chapel seats 250 people, and we have two masses on a weekend. And um, before COVID, we were projecting that in, you know, four years or so that we might need to somehow expand the building, you know, wow. just to accommodate, you know, all the students for math. It's a good problem to um, have. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great problem to have, yeah. Um, so for for any of our listeners who might not be familiar with what Newman Centers are, uh, when when students go to a public university or something like that, why is yeah. there, you know, a, a separate Newman Center as opposed to just, you know, uh, telling them, well, find the locust, local Catholic parish and just go there for Mass? Why is the yeah. uh, focus on ministry specifically in that way? Um, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. Uh, I'll try and keep it to uh, somewhat to a minimum. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Cardinal Newman himself, you know, really envisioned that Newman Centers would help with an education. Uh, and, I mean, not to get too off topic, but like, we think of the great universities of the world, and those were actually started usually by some Catholic, you know, church, by the Catholic Church. Or it's right. always connected to the Catholic Church. And right. uh, the Catholic, uh, Catholic faith is always seeing that, you know, faith and reason go hand in hand. That is all part of the truth of God, the, you know, the truth that God uh, wants us to discover. Um, and so we've never seen any dichotomy or, you know, tension between the two. And so uh, Cardinal Newman saw that, you know, as part of a higher education, it wouldn't just be about I don't know, biology or science or, or, you know, engineering, that it would also involve a growth and a learning of your faith, because that's a truth as well. It's not just an opinion or, you know, whatever. It's part of the larger truth. And so mm. to be able to grow in our knowledge of the world that God created, but also to grow in our knowledge of God himself, 
be part of that higher education. And so uh, Pardo Newman saw that as kind of the reason for Newman Centers to be on campus, is that would be part of a person's education. That, that makes a lot of sense, and especially Cardinal Newman himself, right, is someone who uh, they say read himself uh, into the church, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, because he's very mu- he was a, a Anglican, right? Uh, yep, yep. You know, similar to Episcopalian over here. Yeah. Yep, and he he read himself into the church. He read the church fathers and things like that. He was a very great uh, intellect, a very great mind, and got to the point where. Uh, he just he he couldn't not be Catholic anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think he's the. And I think. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, in, in my journey, it, it's in some ways similar to. You. I mean, I grew up Catholic, but uh, very much in college, um, I started hanging out uh, with some Baptist uh, friends, some Baptist, a Baptist organization on campus, and it came to a point where you know I I knew I needed to. Uh, decide one or the other that, you know, both Baptists and Catholics can both be fully right. And so mm. um, I started reading uh, our Catholic apologists of the modern day, so like Scott Hahn, Carl Keating, Jeff Caven, you know, some of those great writers and authors. And um, I could say after three months of self-study that I really knew that the Catholic Church had the fullness of truth. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, Cardinal uh, Newman, yeah, I kind of read myself, you know, kind of instantly back into the church. Mm. Um, but it's uh, it's so important that we do this. I think, you know, like I just said, in my faith journey, college was such a, it was an important time in my own faith journey. And I see that all the time that it, you're, you're away from your family you know, kind of for the first time, you're making your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are. You're setting stuff up for the rest of your life. What are your values, your goals? What are your, you know, interests going to be? And um, It's such a, a, a great time in a person's life, the, the college years. Um, and, and so, you know, we are able to that people up, not just for the rest of their lives, but we like to say for the rest of eternity. And so, it, yeah, it's such a privileged time to be involved in a person's life during the colleges. I, I get to see miracles happen every day. You know, mm. uh, conversions happen all the time. And Beautiful. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's very humbling and a great uh, a grace to be involved in, in that, to be involved in their lives at this time. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure uh, some of our listeners uh, listening right now are thinking, is, is there any way they can support um, that kind of ministry, that, that Newman Center ministry, uh, either at Mankato State or, or other colleges um, across the U.S.? Yeah, so uh, obviously you can um, call, you know, our Newman Center uh, there in Mankato um, and ask to talk to our development director, Joe Bakken. Um, but, yeah, there are Newman Centers across our nation at, uh, you know, a lot of our secular universities, um, and they do, uh, you know, for better or for worse, 
college kids don't give a lot of money. Um, <laughs> they don't have a lot to begin with. So. <laughs> they don't have a lot. They don't give a lot. Um, so uh, we do, Newman says, really do depend on the generosity of, uh, of others who see how important the mission is to, um, to change lives, especially at this time in a young person's life. Um, you know, and I do, I see amazing things happen. You know, people, uh, ask me, they're like, Father, you know, um, what's going to happen to our church? And, you know, I tell them, you know, like, in some ways, I don't know what's going to happen in rural southern Minnesota. Like, our (laughs) farms are getting bigger, our, our, you know, our families are getting smaller, and so, you know, there's less and less people coming to Mass, and you know, there's other dynamics involved in that. Uh, but I said, I don't worry about the future of the larger Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we talked about at the uh, earlier, like the, the Steubenville Youth Conference that was just in Rochester for high school students. Um, and when I go to events like that or speak, which is, um, uh, is for college students, we have probably about 20,000 college students that will be uh, gathering in Salt Lake City in this Jan- uh, this coming January. Um, and so when I go to these types of events, when I see what's happened, even at our local Newman Center, statistically we're lose- still losing the young people, but the young people that get it, that understand who Christ is, they're all in. Like, church is not about bingo to them or, or anything else. It's first and foremost about Christ. You know, and it's first and foremost about the Eucharist, the Mass, and uh, and so, like, they inspire me. Um, and so, yeah, we're losing, statistically, we're losing the young people, but the young people that get it, they're all in. Um, and it, it's beautiful to see their faith um, all the time. And it's uh, it's great to hear some good news, right? So often we're we're it worrying, and there's the it's doom and gloom news. and everything like that. And like yeah. uh, you know, like we were talking earlier, just seeing at Steubenville and seeing so many young people excited about their faith, right, and really making it their own. Yeah. And like you said, more than just a building, more than just bingo, uh, but really that personal yeah. relationship with Christ and and having that relationship and just wanting to share it. It's uh, such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. so much for joining us this morning, uh, Father. Um, uh, before you go, would you mind giving our listeners um, your blessing? I'm, I'm going to cash in on yeah. this. Uh, try and ask every priest <laughs> on to give a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> we all need them, don't we? Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Andrew, for joining us this morning. Stay tuned after the break. We'll be talking about papal documents. It's more exciting than you might think. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.